Grace to you and peace from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. This is the first Sunday in Lent. Lent is a time in the church year when we remember Christ's road to the cross, about how he uh, suffered and endured greatly for us for our redemption. He died for our sins, not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. Praise be to God. What pain, what punishment, what service, what a cross, what amazing love. And uh, Lent is often seen as a sorrowful time, a penitential time, a time to be sad over your sins, gloomy, to be displaced by joy at Easter. But I ask, why? Christ has risen from the dead. He's risen from the dead in Lent too. Christ's death is conquered. We are free. Christ has won the victory. So Lent is a time just like every other time of the year, although we have a different Focus, but it's a time, like every other time, as Paul says, to rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say, rejoice. Today, as we remember Christ's great sacrifice for us, I'd like to talk with you about being living sacrifices to him. As he took up his cross for our salvation, we, I'm going to talk today about us taking up our crosses daily and following him. Let's take a look at some of these verses here, uh, which I'm going to be talking about. Romans 12, verses 1 and 2. I appeal to you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that you may prove what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Living sacrifices. Am I looking at a congregation of living sacrifices today? Living sacrifice is what I'd like to talk about. Is this a joyful or a sad thing God asks of us? What can we say? Well, first of all, it may seem uh, be perceived as a bad thing. It may rub us a little wrong. After all, a sacrifice, me, when we think of the word sacrifice, usually it means a death. And now, if the sacrifice is me, we're talking about my death. So that might rub you a little wrong at first. Dictionary definition of sacrifice, the act of offering to a deity something precious, especially the killing of a victim on an altar. Let's be sacrifices. Let's die at an altar. Is this a good or a bad thing? We'll see. Think about baseball. You have a sacrifice bunt, right? You're at the, at the plate, the third baseman gives you the sign, and he says, lay it down. Lay down that ball so that you basically assure yourself of being thrown out in order to advance a runner and perhaps win the game. Remember when I was a boy, I don't know why this stuck in my mind, but I was watching a World War II movie, and this forever etched in my memory, uh, there was a great sea battle in the Pacific. And there was a, a torpedo heading to one of our ships. And there was a single fighter pilot flying in, trying to shoot at the torpedo to blow it up before it hit the ship. Until his ammunition ran out. And then he looked at the ship, he looked at the torpedo, and plunged his plane into the sea to intercept the torpedo. Exploded. He died, but saved the ship. A sacrifice. And Abraham and Isaac in the Bible... After these things, God tested Abraham and said to him, 
Abraham. And he said, here am I. He said, take your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. What's our first reaction to a, to a story like that? The first reaction is shock and horror, right? Because this means you're going to take your only son and slaughter him to the Lord as an offering to the Lord, but still a death occurs. And God is now asking us to be sacrifices to him. Luke 9, Jesus says, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it. For whoever <clears throat> loses his life for my sake will save it. And for, Luke 14, So therefore any, any one of you who does not renounce all that he has cannot be my disciple. So one thing's for sure, we are to be sacrifices, living sacrifices, to die daily. But is this a bad thing? Actually, it is good and advantageous for us. In baseball, one batter is out, but the other advances and perhaps wins the game. World War II, the pilot died, but the ship and 3,000 souls were saved. With, in the Bible, Isaac was willing to be sacrificed, but God substituted a lamb. And at least figuratively, Isaac came back to life and was raised from the dead. And Jesus tells us, whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. Will save it. So God always has something good up his sleeve when it comes to a sacrifice offered to him. He always turns it around into an abundant, super abundant blessing. And this is what he's wanting for you when he says to be living sacrifices. For think about his sacrifice on your behalf. We have these beautiful new banners. Thanks to Vivian picking them out. Very beautiful. He was pierced for our transgressions. This occurred in history. Look at that picture. Look at the nails. Look at the thorn crown. He was pierced for our transgressions. That's the sacrifice. Over on this side, the punishment that brought us peace was upon him. And with his stripes, we are healed. The sacrifice brings a great blessing. He did it with Christ. He does it with us when he's offering for us, uh, calling us to be living sacrifices. For Christ's sacrifice brought us eternal life, eternal comfort, and good hope through grace. So sacrifice is a good thing. Not easy, but it's good. So let's talk then about Romans chapter 12. What does Paul mean when he says these words? Let's read them again. I appeal to you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. What does God want from us? A living sacrifice. Well, first of all, this is not what we do in order to be saved. You might read it that way, but that's not what he's saying. For by grace are you saved through faith, and this is not your own doing, it's the gift of God, not because of works, lest any man should boast, says Paul. So it's not something we do to be saved, but let's Let's read it again here. It says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers. Is Don Norton here? Therefore, his favorite word. Say it, therefore. The word in the Greek is un. It means therefore, consequently. It means to introduce a logical result or inference from what precedes it. 
So let me ask you a question. This happens, this verse comes from Romans chapter 12. I appeal to you, therefore, to present your bodies as living sacrifices. What comes before Romans 12? Romans 11. What else comes before Romans 12? <laughs> 8, 4, Romans 2, Romans 1, Romans 3. All right. And what precedes this verse about you offering yourself to God as a living sacrifice? Let's read some of these things from Romans. Romans chapter 3. There's no distinction since all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. They're justified by his grace as a gift through the redemption, which is in Christ Jesus, whom God put forward as an expiation by his blood to be received by faith. Therefore, offer your bodies as living sacrifices because of what God's done for you. Look at this one, Romans chapter 5. Then as one man's trespass, Adam's trespass, led to condemnation for all men, so one man's act of righteousness, Christ's, leads to acquittal and life for all men. Therefore, offer your bodies as living sacrifices before God. One more. Just a couple examples. Romans 8. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set me free from the law of sin and death. For God has done what the law weakened by the flesh could not do, sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin. He condemns sin in the flesh in order that the just requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. Therefore, offer your bodies as living sacrifices before the Lord. What comes before Romans chapter 12? Romans 1 through 11. What's Romans 1 through 11 about? What God has done for you. Very little, if almost, almost nothing, about what you do for God. All the preceding verses are what God has done for you. And Paul then brings this on, therefore, un in the Greek, therefore present your bodies as a living sacrifice to the Lord based on all that he's done for you and sacrifices himself on your behalf. Is this a good or a bad thing? This is fantastic. This is, this is a wonderful thing. And Paul says, I appeal to you, brothers, present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Let's talk about that word spiritual. The word here in the Greek is logakos. Thank you, Neil. Logakos. That means rational. It means reasonable. The real nature of something can be spiritual as well. But we get this word, logakos, logical. Right? This is the logical thing for you to do. After all God has done for you, that you ought therefore to give up your bodies to him. It's the logical, reasonable, rational, expected, ex sensible thing to do uh, for this king has offered himself for you. Who would not give up his life for such a king as this? Who would not die to live for such a king as this. Another thing we want to note about this is it's not a command or a burden or the law being given you here about present your body, I mean, give yourself as a, as a living sacrifice to God and you better go out and try it this week and get it done. What would happen if I preach it that way as law? You'd go out and this week you'd be like, all right, in the morning I'm going to give myself to the Lord and, and then you'd 
get depressed because as you go through your day, it would be a burden, something you just have to do, rather than gospel and grace, what you get to do for the Lord. Paul says, I appeal to you, brethren. I appeal to you. Not command, but I appeal. Parakaleo in the Greek means to summon, invite, earnestly ask, implore, beg, exhort, urge, or encourage. So God is, Paul is saying, and God is saying, after all I've done for you, in giving my life for you, to give you everything, Paul then says, I summon, I invite, I earnestly ask, I implore, I beg, exhort, I urge, I encourage you to present your bodies to God as a living sacrifice to him. This is reasonable, this is acceptable, and this is well-pleasing to God. And what do we offer him? According to the verse, you tell me. What do we offer to him as our living sacrifice? Offer to him, present to him your bodies, actually. Your bodies. We have this idea sometimes, spirit good, flesh bad. God's interested in my soul, but body, meh. But God is interested in both. We're to give all of ourselves, but he says here, your bodies. That means your eyes and ears, your lips, your heart, your blood, your hands, your feet. This is what is the living sacrifice to him. And what's that mean? Well, it's explained in the rest of the chapter. Just a couple verses later in Romans 12, Paul says, having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let's use them. If prophecy in proportion to our faith, if service in our serving, he who exhorts and he who teaches in his teaching, the one who exhorts in his exhortation, the one who contributes in generosity, the one who leads with zeal, the one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. What kinds of gifts has God given to you? You know, the only way to really use your gifts is with your body. If you want to go visit someone at the hospital because you have a gift of hospitality, you use your body to get there, right? You offer this to him. If you are called to preach, you use your lips. If you are giving, you do it with cheerfulness in your heart. This is what it is to live as a living sacrifice to, the God, to, to God. And this, as it says here, is acceptable and pleasing to him. In other words, it makes him well up with joy. When you offer your bodies to him as he gave his son's body for you, this makes him just please this punch. <laughs> this may, I mean, he, God loves you so much, he carries you around, figuratively speaking, a picture of you in his wallet. He loves you. And when you do good deeds that by giving up yourself to his service, this just makes his heart overflow with happiness. This isn't, isn't this what we're about as Christians? But it also means to die. Living sacrifice, sacrifice means death. Well, let's read what that means. It says, I appeal to you, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Next verse. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. Do not be conformed to this world. We've got to die every day, people. We all have an evil side of ourselves, and we are being called here to put that to death not to be conformed by the world around us. You know, Satan's in a great business of pumping and flashing images in your mind of things to pursue in this life. But we shun all that. We forsake all that. We lay ourselves down as dead to all that. 
I remember a, a missionary one time I heard about who was in Africa. They're getting persecuted, and a guy held a gun right up to his face, to his head, and said, renounce Christ. And the Christian responded, you can't kill me, I'm already dead. Isn't that amazing? <laughs> you can't kill me, I'm already dead. I'm dead to this world. I'm dead to this world's ambitions. I'm dead to this world's pleasures. I'm dead to this world's promises. I'm dead to this world's this and that. I live to God. We are born again to live before him. So we, Paul says, put to death, therefore, in Colossians 3, put to death what's earthly in you, sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, covetousness, which is idolatry. In these you once walked when you lived in them, but now put them all away, anger, wrath, malice, slander, foul talk from your mouth. Don't lie to one another, seeing that you put off the old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. So when you're a living sacrifice, you are actually to die. But what are you giving up? What are you dying to? Only things that would send you to hell anyway, things that are no good for you, things that are poisonous, and, and so we're to live out our baptisms every day. Luther says in the small catechism, what does such baptizing with water signify? Answer, it signifies that the old Adam in us, to, uh, together with all sins and evil lusts, should be drowned by daily sorrow and pen repentance and be put to death, and that the new man should come forth daily and rise up, cleansed and righteous, to live in God's presence forever. That's what it is to be a living sacrifice, to die daily to the old. But it also means to live. What does it say? You are what kind of sacrifice? A living sacrifice. You are living. And it says here, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. This transformation, we talked about it last week. Is this God's work or yours? God's work, metamorphosis changing you, transforming you, lifting you from one degree of glory to another. That's God's work. But we can't change ourselves, but let's offer ourselves to him as he works in us, that he may work in us speedily and powerfully and with all expediency, not grieving his Holy Spirit and being a stick in the mud, slowing him down, but working with him in this marvelous change. That's why Paul also says in Colossians 3, put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts. Kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another, and if one is in complaint against another, forgiving each other. As the Lord's forgiven you, so you also must forgive. And above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. You're daily to die, but you're daily to live. You're living in all these good things. And it's a living sacrifice. Is that an oxymoron to you? You know what an oxymoron is? That means it's two statements, two words that shouldn't go together that do. Living sacrifice. Words like, uh, here's some other oxymorons. Natural additives. In your cereal. Natural additives? Reality TV. <laughs> Global village. Blank expression, drive-through window, responsible government. I hope we do have a responsible government. But living sacrifice, 
That means you are not dead, but you are alive. You are living. This is what God asks of you, to live before him, laying yourself down to him, to live, because this is what life is about. Whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. And we find our life when we lay it down. That's where life is in living to God with our bodies and with all that we are. So it's good to leave behind all, all old things, world's possessions, worldly honor, worldly ambitions, covetousness, the world's promises, in order to live to the living God who has promised us a new world and possessions that will never fade or grow old and honor that will be forever, goodness, kindness, truth, and heavenly joys eternal. Yes, we're living sacrifices, and it ought to be our joy daily to do all these things and forsake all for Christ, who left heaven for us, forsook all for us, in order to live among us in human filth and depravity, that he might save us from our sins through his great sacrifice. Greater love is no man than this. And a man lay down his life for his friends. I'm the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. Find your life laying it down for him. You will. I appeal to you, therefore, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable God, which is your spiritual worship. Amen.